This is a Healthier Michigan podcast, episode 115. Coming up, we discuss low-impact workouts and if they are as effective as high-impact workouts. Welcome to a Healthier Michigan podcast. This is a podcast that's dedicated to navigating how we can improve our health and well-being through small healthy habits we can start right now. I'm your host, Chuck Gatica, and every other week we sit down with a certified expert and we discuss topics that cover nutrition, fitness, a whole lot more, and today there's no sudden impacts. We just want to get the real story on this. This episode, we're diving deep into this idea of low-impact workouts. Should they be something you consider adding to your workout regimen? With us today is a certified personal trainer and macro nutrition coach, Anne-Marie Wakula. Good to have you back. So great to be here. I love chatting with you. Well, it's nice to see you. And, you know, I know that you've concentrated on a special focus being fit over 40. And while this notion of high impact versus low impact can tend to maybe be something that people think of is for older folks, older meaning maybe being fit and over 40, that is not really the case, is it? It's not really the case. Yeah. You want to focus on low impact workouts at all ages, honestly. (laughs) Well, and you know, here's the thing, and I relate to this idea. I used to think back in the old days, I have a lot of rings in my tree. I used to think that if I didn't hurt, honest to goodness, like, you know, if there isn't blood squirting out of my knees or something, like I didn't get a good workout. And you fast forward after 25 years of jogging, a knee specialist, a joint specialist said to me, your left knee has got problems because you used to jog on pavement and the sidewalk. And she's absolutely right. That's what I did. She is. I mean, what you do to your body at a young age will definitely affect how you feel later in life. No doubt. So the alternative for me, I mean, a lot of people still jog and I see people older than me that are still running, right? So it may just be my personal thing, but I think part of it was I didn't always look for a track or I didn't look for ways to even make my workout low impact. I could have done that too. Yeah. And I think that, you know, a lot of times, like you said, right at the beginning, you know, people are looking to just sweat and walk away from their workout feeling so, you know, exhausted and you haven't worked out unless you're sweating, sweating. That's not necessarily the case. Low impact workouts could be things like such as swimming, right? But they can also be spinning and riding a bicycle. And that is very cardiovascularly challenging, but it's also low impact. And what would we normally associate, even if we don't think about it, Amory, as a high impact workout? What are those that we should be avoiding to make sure we're not finding injuries now or down the road? Yeah. So high impact workouts are anything that involves running and jumping activities that cause great impact on the joints and on your feet and force on the bones. So when you think of high impact workouts, your feet are generally leaving the ground, right? And then creating force when you hit the ground again, both at the same time. So anything that's low impact involves like stepping and walking and movements where your feet aren't pounding against the ground. Yeah. And I think that there are so many ways we sort of allow ourselves or we rope ourselves into doing these things. I remember our oldest daughter contacted both of my wife and myself and said, hey, they're doing a thing at the school. It's out on the parking lot. It's just, you know, it's an aerobics class and it's outside because of, you know, the pandemic. And I'm thinking, oh, I'm all in for this. Well, I'm out there trying to do jumping jacks on the pavement. And for me, it was a thing. So I can't put enough pads down to make that work. So walk us through this idea 
of trying to discover ways that we can focus our energies and our minds on low impact workouts. Yeah. So let's just take that, for example, the jumping jacks on the pavement. Okay. You can definitely go to a class that involves higher impact, but then if you can learn how to modify or ask an instructor how to modify, then you're going to be able to do the workout. So in that case where you would be doing jumping jacks, I would say just step it out and keep your hands moving up over your head and just step it out one foot at a time. For something like high knees, you know, where both feet are going off the ground and the knees are coming up, you can just walk in place and leave, you know, pick your knees up. Even something like a burpee, you can walk a burpee back. You don't have to jump back and jump forward and then jump up, right? You can step back one leg at a time, bring it forward one leg at a time, and then lift up. So there's definitely ways to modify exercise for lower impact. And you know, ask whoever's instructing the class or look for modifications online in order to do it safely. Well, and you know, this idea for me, because I was always trying to find 40 minutes in my day and pack in that run, you know, grab the dog, put on my shoes, gotta go. And my wife would always say to me, well, you know, you can walk, just walk. I, yeah, but it takes twice as long. But really, that is indeed dialing down the high impact, right? Just walk instead of run. You know what? I spend most of my day telling my clients just to relax and treat their body kindly in order to get the best results possible. So high impact, high intensity workouts often raise our cortisol hormone. And it is, exercise is stress. Exercise is a beautiful form. It can be a stress relief, but it also causes stress on the body. And as we age, more and more stress happens with aging. It happens with life events. It happens with, you know, how busy we are with our jobs and our kids. So when you tack on that extra layer of stress, if you are running, jumping, doing all these higher impact things, it actually could be deterring your results, your overall results, especially if it's weight loss. So if your cortisol and your hormone levels are high and your goal is to lose weight, it could be doing the exact opposite if your body's just trying to recuperate from the stress of the activity. You know, that is so interesting because I think a lot of us are programmed that there are certain ways we should shed pounds or, you know, shred. You see that word used a lot in all kinds of online programs. This idea of HIT training, and I'm not diminishing it. I've done it, you know, high intensity workouts. And what you're saying is be careful because you could do too much of that. And you would say, well, why am I not losing any weight? What's going on? Absolutely. So yeah, just like I said, it causes that extra layer of stress for your body and walking can actually be more effective. Strength training can be more effective as well. You know, the high impact strengthens the bones, right? And increases our bone density. However, strength training can do the exact same thing and it's not high impact where you would be more at risk for injury. And I just saw some guy posted today, I don't know on which social media, but he was doing a plank. And he said, I always go for body weight exercises versus using, you know, I pick them up and I put them down, the big weights. I didn't know if I relate to that directly, but that's almost a version of being careful that you're not overextending your arm with a 40 pound dumbbell or something, right? Just using your body weight to help you in a lower impact way, maybe achieve the same results with push-ups or something. Absolutely. You just took the words out of my mouth. Push-ups, those are great. Anything you can you know, you start with a modification, you start with push-ups on your knees and then you work your way up to a full plank. So I, whenever you're starting a workout or starting a new workout regimen, you should start from 
the very beginning and work your way up, right? So you may want to start with, like I said, walking in place, and then maybe that high knee position starts to become more of a jog. But again, you put yourself at risk for injury, more likely, with the high impact workout. And you can honestly... For what we're trying to achieve, I believe, you know, when we start to get into our 30s and 40s and and beyond, just being healthy in general, you can achieve those results with low impact activity. Yeah. And you know, it's funny because when you mentioned those ages, and of course, my left knee problem probably started half a lifetime ago, right? When we're young, we don't think, we never think ahead, like, I'm going to live forever. My knees will be fine, you know, 30 more years down the road. And then you kind of wake up and go, "Uh uh-oh, what can we be looking at now, regardless of our age? that you would suggest, even based on your experience with the people who you train, what are the exercises we should consider right now swapping out, going from high impact to low impact? What would they be specifically? Jump squats. That's one thing, for example, especially for impact on the knees. You'd want to start with something like an air squat. Plyometric type push-ups where you're kind of like pushing yourself off the ground and getting that lift, you want to go down on your knees. The jumping jacks, like we said in the beginning, you kind of want to step it out one at a time. Swimming. Swimming is awesome. It's an awesome low impact exercise. It's great for the cardiovascular. It's great for, you know, arms and legs and total body. That's excellent. Have you ever gone to the gym and seen a spin bike that you use with your arms, right? I can't think of the actual name of it. That's another one. So if you're looking to actually start, you know, get a sweat during your workout, you can do lower impact things. You can do the stair climbing, you know, just stepping up the stairs one at a time. You can replace the spin bike with, you know, running on the treadmill or higher impact activities and still get that cardio benefit without putting your joints at risk. And even an outdoor bicycle ride, right? I mean, you can go for a bike ride and I know it's working your joints and you've got to be careful and you don't want to be popping too many curbs, but honest to goodness, you're getting more territory, more scenery in than you are necessarily if you're walking. And you're lowering that stress level, right? It's beautiful to be outside, especially right now this time in Michigan when it's gorgeous out. We don't have many more months of this left. Go for a walk, go for a bike ride. You know, when I think of high impact activity, I feel like it's most often it's for athletes. It's for people that are training for something, right? Like if you're training for a marathon, you want to make sure that you're, you know, getting out there and doing your run. If you're training for some type of competition, like bodybuilding competition, whatever it may be, that's when high impact may come into play. You know, for people that are just looking to be fit and healthy, low impact is a wonderful way to keep yourself safe and healthy. And that's interesting you say that because I, for some reason, got a picture in my brain of Asian countries, Eastern Asian countries, where people go for walks every single day. And you see it translate to when they move to the US, they're not moving too fast. They are literally in a state where I, I admire them sometimes. I see people go for walks and they've got their arms behind their back and they're literally in a stroll, but they do it every single day and they go for a while And I just thought, wow, are they not de-stressed as well? Absolutely. You know, people don't think of walking as a form of burning calories either. When actually your workout accounts for such a small percentage of your day, it's those extra times when you get up throughout the day and walk around that is going to help you burn more calories. And just going for a stroll, keeping your heart rate at about 60% of your max. So you, you figure out your max heart rate. 220 minus your age, and then 60% of that would be a really nice place to keep your heart rate while you're going for a walk. So if you do have a heart rate monitor or something, just kind of check it. And, you know, it's a really, it's a great place to be. 
And a lot of people are not checking their steps. I know I do. And to be honest, you know, the, the old day of going to be a mall walker, to be honest, I can replace that now. If I just walk from one corner of Costco to the other corner, I don't know how many miles that is back and forth. But I see these people that work there all the time. And I think, man, what kind of number of steps are you getting just making the rounds, you know? I know. I know. So wait, what's your step goal? Tell me your daily step goal. If I don't hit a minimum of 7,500 and I mean by default, okay, so that is still having two dogs take me for a walk. Okay. And when I'm really, I've just moved, when I'm doing stuff and uh, going up and down stairs, if I'm hitting ten to 12,000, I'm still not feeling it. If I start to approach 15,000, that's a lot of steps. But if I'm not 7,500 a day, and a lot of that is, uh, what's the acronym? NEAT, non-essential activity, right? I'm just doing it because I'm going, well, to, you know, shopping or something, you know? Yeah. Okay, that's actually really good. Is it? Yeah, I aim for about 10,000 steps a day. And I have to be honest with you, now that I'm sitting most of the day doing all of my programming and training online, I have to set timers on my phone to get up to get them in. It's challenging to do, but it's a really great way to burn calories if that's what you're, you know, if that's what you're looking to do. It really is. And you can get them in your house. I know it sounds weird, but if the snow starts to fly, which it will someday, uh-huh. you know you can just do this in your house. You can you've got steps, you've got stairs, you can walk around from the kitchen to the family room and back and forth. It looks kind of weird. <laughs> but it works. I, in the winter time, I will not go outside if it's below 45 degrees. I just don't. <laughs> I don't know how I spent my whole really? life in Michigan. I mean, I will, but I won't really. I don't really <laughs> want to. <laughs> okay. So I have a staircase. I go up my staircase through my kids' Jack and Jill bathroom, down the staircase, around the kitchen counter. And I will keep doing that <laughs> to get to get my steps in. And my kids look at me. They're like, Mom, what are you doing? I'm like, it's important. <laughs> well, and I'll do that. And you know what's so funny for me? Because I'm always thinking of kids. I take my shoes off. But then I think, am I wearing out the carpet? And then I'll get past that. Like, I don't care. I really don't care if I'm cutting the same path through the house. I don't care anymore. Do you put your, are you walking your dogs too? <laughs> my no, dog will walk I behind don't. me. Well, I do have one dog that will follow me, and she normally sits right by my feet wherever I go. But no, normally the two dog walks probably account for, it could be as much as a couple thousand steps, easy, you know, because they have to go more than once. So it's uh, just the way it is. Yeah. Any other high impact to low impact exercises or something we should consider throwing in the mix that you think would be critical for some of us who maybe are only concentrating on walking? Yes. Oh my goodness. Okay. Stretching. Pilates, yoga. I know we've mentioned these before in, in like our past conversations, but you know, this is definitely, like I said, be kind to your body, right? So if you want to see changes, aesthetic changes come from, you know, adding a little bit of weight, weight training, strength training, mm-hmm. eating a really good diet, making sure you're stretching, doing yoga, rest and recovery. I mean, I have a high school athlete. He plays football. They have yoga as a part of their do they? recovery process. They do. And I think it's awesome. It's so important because, again, we're hard on our bodies physically just with day-to-day stress and activity. So dialing it back. And then you're, you're able to get in tune with how you're feeling. You're able to get in tune. You know, does your, is your IT band tight? Is your knee feeling tight? Maybe your back's feeling. Something's off, right? So you want to make sure that you're modifying your exercises and your exercise routine to address those issues or avoid anything 
that might be bothering you, right? Yeah. So, you know, if your IT band or your knee is bothering you, you don't want to go out for a run because you could risk, you know, some type of knee injury, for example. Or if it's 44 degrees, you don't want to go outside at all. Exactly. Oh, wait, that's just on your block. I'm sorry. (laughs) (laughs) That's exactly true. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) Well, that's really good advice. And, you know, when you say be in touch with your body, maybe I'm the only weird guy on the whole planet that does this. When I do stretching, and I have done some yoga, but when I stretch, you know what? I'm in touch with my body, especially after the holidays. I'll stretch and I'll go, uh-oh, there's a little bit of a roll there that wasn't there before, <laughs> right? Because you can feel it now when you're you know, you're know, trying to stretch your hamstrings or something. Yeah, you can definitely feel it. I mean, that's important. It makes you assess your workout, your nutrition, you know, and how you're feeling overall. So very important. You know, uh, low impact, it's great if you're injured, recovering from injuries, want to assess the body, you know, it's easy on the joints. So it's another reason why it would be great, you know, just to start incorporating some of that movement. Oh, the other thing, like what I said with Pilates and yoga, it helps with alignment and balance too. That's important. Yeah. Very important. I know I hate saying like as we age, but you know what? As we're sitting here having conversation, we're aging. So these are things we need to think about for our future. And then it gives you that break as well from like doing any type of cardio. Because we don't have to do cardio all the time. You should cycle through your cardio. I'm going to admit one more weird thing I try to do almost every day when I brush my teeth. I try to alternate standing on one foot or the other while I'm brushing. I love that. Because it's a balance play. And for me, I just keep thinking, well, I've got you know, now I've got little grandkids that are running around and I want to make sure I can keep up with them. So it's kind of a weird ploy to try to do this. But, you know, for me, chewing gum, walking and talking would be tough at all times anyway. Right. So it is a challenge. But once you get into it, it's kind of a fun game. Like, you know, for me, it's like Wordle. It's just something I've gotten into. (laughs) I really do. I really love your routine. You have a lot of really great tips and things that you do throughout your day. Oh, well, thanks. That are awesome. I mean, that's just that in itself, thinking to do that. I think that's a great tip and something that everyone listening should think about, brushing your teeth on one foot just to get that balance. Just close the blinds in case the neighbors see you. They'll think you're kind of strange when you're (laughs) stumbling, brushing your teeth. Yeah. Why is he off balance? Oh my gosh. Well, what do you want to leave us with as some good takeaways? You've given us so much great stuff today, but give us some of the bullet points of the headlines, what we should think about. Sure. I mean, I just want everyone to know that you don't have to go crazy, crazy in order to achieve, you know, really good results. So you can achieve great results from low impact workouts, Aesthetically speaking, you know, so, you know, with the exception, like I said, if you're training for something. So it's definitely something to consider. It's very safe. It's effective both for your heart, as we have talked about through the different exercises, you know, whether it's biking or swimming or something low impact that gets your heart rate up, or if it's doing strength training, which we had also talked about, you know, number two, the high impact exercise strengthens your bones and your bone density. However, Strength training can also do that with reduction of injury, right? And then low impact workouts are very safe and they focus on stability. They're less stressful to our bodies and our hormone levels like our cortisol. And, you know, with really good nutrition and low impact workouts, you can maintain a very healthy, fit lifestyle. Good stuff. Anne-Marie Wakula, it is so good to see you again. 
So good to see you. Yeah, thanks. And pretty soon you won't be leaving the house. I mean, pretty soon it'll be 45 <laughs> degrees all the time at night. Then you won't come out. So You won't see me. You'll just, you'll just see me on you know Instagram. That's Doing it. Doing the stairs. Yeah, going around upstairs. That's it. All right. Take good care of yourself. Thanks. Oh, so great to see you. Thanks for having me. Oh, sure thing. Anne-Marie Wakula is a personal trainer and also a macronutrition coach. We're glad you've been with us today. Thanks for listening to a Healthier Michigan podcast. It's brought to you by Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan. And if you like the show and you want to know more about it, you can go online. You can check us out at ahealthiermichigan.org slash podcast. You can leave us reviews on Apple Podcasts or Stitcher. You can put ratings there if you want. To get the latest episodes, all the old episodes on your smartphone or tablet, be sure to subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or, you know, the favorite place you go to subscribe. I'm Chuck Gatica. Be well.